So one of the things that happens is um, people are always talking about um, the crazy tennis parent. They're always talking about the crazy tennis parent. They're always mocking the crazy tennis parent. The you know, and I think I think the what I wanted to talk about here was to sort of dissect the different types of parents because just because a parent is there and helping their child does not mean that they're crazy. <laughs> you know, uh, meaning that we're thinking of the parent who is uh, living vicariously through their kid. Right. That that's when I say a crazy tenant meaning like they're trying to control their kid. Right. They are not leaving any space for their own exploration through the sport or creativity. Right. That they're that ever like you say they everything comes down so to So wait, stop. When you say they're not leaving any space, let's give an example. Okay. So an example would be like they're on the court and the parent if the parent is working with them, it's like, No, 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 we're gonna do this activity. And the kid is like, well, I just want to hit the ball up and down with the racket. I just want to, you know, do like a paddle ball thing <laughs> or whatever. Or I want to hit it against the wall or I want to, you know, throw the ball and I want to see what happens, whatever. It's like, no, 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 no. You are doing this. Like, that's more, I think what you're saying, right? You're not leaving space. Yes. You're, or the parent that sits on the coach. Oh, I'm sorry. The, not the parent that painful. sits on the coach. <laughs> no. Well, they actually do sit on the coach. They're crushing me. Um, probably um, uh, psychologically, they're sitting on the coach. Right. But where their child is having a lesson and they're picking up the balls around the court yeah. so they hit enough balls, but their presence is always there. Right. And so th you're controlling the lesson by being there. You think you're helping out, but I think that you're controlling. Because you're not, again, leaving space for the development of your child with the coach because you're there. And then they walk by and might say, move your feet more. You need to move your feet. And the coach is like, we're not working on moving their feet right now. I get that that's a component, a major component, right. but we're working right now on the set wrist and you just totally hijack the lesson by right. saying to them, and they're like, see, I told you, play much better when you move your feet. <laughs> so then whose lesson is that about? Right. That's the crazy tennis parent. That, but to be fair, but to be fair, because I've been picking up balls, as the payer, then the coach needs to explain to the payer that, listen, they need time to process. So them picking up balls is really them going back over what we covered with them during that time. And the payer is thinking, well, we'll just do this more efficiently and they'll have more time with the coach. I'll just pick up balls. No, no, no. It's not sure more time with the coach. With the, no, no, no. I'm no, saying no, from I, my perspective. I know that. You cannot take my perspective. I'm not taking your perspective. I'm agreeing with you. But the perspective is Myth. hit more balls. Um, the faster I pick up, my kid Not will, to me. It was, I, know I want more you. time with the coach. I want more time. I don't want my coach at a hundred bucks an hour picking up balls with my kid. I don't want that. Sorry. No, I, no, I got that, but, but yeah. that's okay too, because that time is to build a relationship. You're, you're encroaching. Your presence was encroaching on the coach. You shouldn't be there. You can have a conversation with the coach after, right. and they and you can have a family meeting with the coach and the kid, and you're there. But but when parents do that, it's not for that either. What I, I know your intention was good, but what right. they're doing is, and I'm telling you, after 20 years of experience, right, we've taken 10,000 hours and of wrongfully applied it and I'm going to get my 10,000 shots in in 60 <laughs> minutes ready without leaving any space again we keep saying the same words over and over again right for reflection and processing because we're crowding it out 
Right. Sorry. Good. No, hopefully you can, but I, I want you to try to appreciate the other side of that, which I think we have to take apart the different types of parents. I think there are parents that are like that, but I came at it with the perspective of like, and I wish the coach had, I mean, you really, you and I, I don't know, we just didn't do that as much or whatever. I don't know. But, um, I, you know, then if the coach was going to, the coach should say, listen, you can, because I've done that with other coaches too, where I've picked up balls and I'm like, no, I want them to get the maximum amount of time with this coach. Yeah, but we co-coached. Right. That was a weird, I'll be honest with you, you're, you're my first relationship like this. <laughs> <laughs> you're my first parent coaching relationship where I was like, hey, Claude, come out here. We're going to play these points out. And I said, can you work with Bomber right. on this one? And then you'd say, and you'd say to me, hey, can we address this today? Right. And I listened to you. I didn't fight you. So you would have me do stuff where I really wasn't that, sometimes that crazy about it because I was like, oh, we're going to, I'm going to run into my kid or whatever. But literally while you're working with one, we're working on one court. You have me on the side doing um, different strokes, them working on different strokes in a light fashion where they're stroking the ball back to me, it, you know, very carefully and sometimes not so carefully because they're pissed, right. but, and I'm getting one in the chest, but you had me doing that. And I was not, I was respectful of your, you were controlling it and I wasn't trying to get in your grill. I was like, but you know, it was helpful though. When you knew I was explaining something and because you, you and your wife are, are heavily involved in your kid's education on, at, at home, right? That you were like, I, I don't think they're understanding what you're saying. And you would then help me re-explain it in a way, I think, that didn't go over their head. Well, and what was So helpful, that was actually really helpful. Well, what was helpful in that regard was that you didn't take offense and that you didn't get all uppity coachity and be like, and, and <laughs> be like, coachity. no, you didn't. You, you weren't like, uh-huh. I think they get it. Okay. You were like, oh yeah, I guess, um, they're not going to really understand trunk rotation here or whatever it was. It wasn't that in specific, but I, I would look the, the, the classic quintessential was no, you're hitting you. I remember one time when you got mad at my kids and this was not in a lesson. This was just as a, as a knock around the ball thing at a public park. And you were getting mad because my one son goes for the jugular all the time. And he's very competitive, hyper competitive. And and you were getting, you were getting a little mad because you were like, okay, he's drilling the ball at me. And you're like, this is not, this is a cooperative exercise. You were getting a little mad. And then we started, you, you, you were like, you were like, come here. And then you did the usual column to the the net and want to have the discussion. And then you started having this discussion, and I think you you said we're not keeping pace, okay? We're not keeping. Oh, pace. I remember this. Yeah, and you you yep. Go and on. I yep. and I I was like, hold on, and this is a tense moment, right? Because there's emotions involved. You're a little bit ticked that you're getting drilled at because you want a cooperative exercise. Can I, can I be honest with you? What? Can I be honest, completely honest? With yeah, you? sure. I hated your kid at that moment. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I wanted to. I was like, you little <laughs> right. But and he wasn't doing it. He was doing it because he's like, and I know my kid. He's my kid. He's me. 
And I'm like, I know what he's doing. He's like, I'm going to test this SOB out. I'm going to see if he can take it. You know what I mean? And he's like, here we go. I'm going to grind him. You know, and he's waiting for the moment, the true moment of satisfaction will, for years from now will be when he can crush you. Like that will be like, he's waiting for that moment. You know that, right? Oh you, yeah, that's, it's still but that's, which, but, which I do love, but I had an experience. But that's something to look forward to for him. That's not an insult on you. I think that that's a... Uh, oh. compliment. I think that's a compliment to you. But I'll, but it's also something that's hardwired into him. Right. So the worst thing you could do is actually coach that out of him. Oh, yeah. Right. But, but the mistake I made, which I think if I'm re- reflecting now correctly, you joined in on the conversation to re-explain what I meant by pacing. Right. I had to press pause and I had to freeze frame rewind and then I had to take us really slow through what pace means and I was like okay can you tell me what pace means and you were like well you were like it's height depth speed spin location (laughs) and then we were like okay slow down again let's begin again (laughs) sometimes like you do with me and I was like okay so I want to understand that it's height Okay. And, and, and the kids, they're little, I'm like height, how high the ball is going depth. And then I'm like, okay. And then we were walking through each one of these things, depth. And you were like, and I give you a lot of credit because you didn't get pissed and you didn't try to steal it back because you're the expert and I'm not. So you didn't try to be like, okay, well, you're right. Uh, why don't you step aside? Why don't you step aside, Claude? And I will explain this to them in my proliness. My proliness. Here we go. All right, children. Here's how this, you know what I mean? Like you didn't do that either. And you could have easily have done that. Um, and so I think there, if you can, if you can try to educate the, I think there's a place for the parent. So this is funny. So one of the coaches I worked with before I ever worked with you, he's got a kid that's on the pro tour. And he's just the most wonderful human being in the world. I mean, it's very hard to imagine this guy ever getting mad. And he's a really great guy. And I looked at him one day, and this is, you know, I had always played tennis, but I'd never been in it to the depth that he has or you have or whatever. And so he was <laughs> using all these terms and we were talking and he sketched out. He drew, he, he plays piano. He plays classical piano really cool, really well. And he played a video of him playing classical piano. And he also sketches, you know, and so he sketched a drawing of the boys. It was really cool. And so he's using all these terms and I look at him and I go, I, I don't want to mention his name because we have an approach to Bob, Bob, it's Bob, uh, it's Bob again. <laughs> and I said, what makes the difference here? And he looks at me without missing a beat. And he has a very, like a very like uncle Bob on your porch sort of manner about him. And he's like, <laughs> it's the parents. And I look at him and I'm like, really? And I was at that point, even though I'd been playing tennis since I was six, I was coming at it from a different perspective as a parent and really getting more into the kids were just five and getting more into the sport. Now getting back into the sport. And I was almost in disbelief about that. I can really think about those feelings that came up that welled up inside of me. Cause I was like a lot of people, I think, you know, I was like, well, it's a great coach. That's what makes the difference. And I was, I still, it took me 
I, I mulled that over in my head, in my heart for weeks, if not months. And I still kind of, and then it's grown on me as a, as a tennis parent, dad, coach, whatever you want to call me. And now I'm like, yeah, he's a hundred percent right. And so that's the reason I started off this segment with, I know there's always the crazy tennis parent, but I think that there's a place for parents to be involved in this. So this goes against to some degree what you were just saying. So I want you to be okay with this, right? No, no I am. And I, so let, let's go back to our, can we go back to our relationship? Cause <laughs> sure. I think it will, it will shed light on our relationship for people that are listening that I am not their primary coach. I looked at it as I was your coach. Right. And I, never, I looked at, and when you said that to me, I got to be honest with you. I was like, <laughs> I was rejecting it inside. I was like, that hurts. That hurts. That you sorry. Were rejecting me. Well, I was, I, I, I was I, like, and I opened my heart up to you. I know, but I was like, no. I was like, I, I didn't, think there was a need for that i was showing i didn't you. think there was a need for that but I, now i now i understand that okay I mean, so, yeah. so so now this will make this other thing will make sense to people ready so there is a place for parent parents in this parent coaching the here's so with you you were doing 90 percent of the heavy lifting i am a tennis consultant for you and i think that's what i look at like tennis rockers also we're consultants we have some, this is from the front lines. You have a parent coach, you have a co-coach, a coach coach. And we have found out through 20 years of experience and now for you, five, six years of, of doing this with your kids, like literally six days a week, that here's our experiences. And this is what we are suggesting or here's some things that we're seeing from the front lines. This is not like, oh, we're reminiscing and now we're just saying, hey, this is the way it used to be, blah, blah, blah. We're, we're in real time. These are real people with real situations. So because you were the primary coach and the primary parent on the coach with the, on the court with them, my ego is not like, well, you know, you need to do it my way. I was basically showing you how I would run a lesson, how I interact. You actually were, like I said, you would come and say, you know, I would say this differently. And we found this working relationship, which I think is great. I wish more parents were like that. I would actually rather be a parent coach where the parent is working with the kids more than me. And I think that that's a, and that's a very special relationship. I would rather that because now this is a team. And this is where you get back to me and say, hey, you know, last lesson, you kind of bummed Bomber out a little bit. He didn't leave feeling good. And I was like, oh, okay. We worked on what you said, but maybe the way you came about it, is there a way we can tweak it? You got And it. you've been like, let me give you an example too. <clears throat> we, we had some Saturday nights or whatever where... Uh, there was like, you know, a death match or whatever you want to call it. And, um, you were not, uh, just glad handing the kids. We, you, I've, we have always approached this like, no, be real. Don't fake. You know what I mean? Don't try to just keep them in the game to make them feel good. 
be real, which is hard. It's very hard because emotionally you, you're sensitive to it, not just because you're a coach, but also your parent. So you have to, it's this fine line. Like if you just beat on them, <laughs> then they're not going to want to necessarily come back to the sport or whatever. But if you don't be real, if you're not realistic, so we would play and there were some tense moments where we were playing where I wasn't, I wasn't sure reading you, whether you were picking up on the emotional change that had happened, but you're very good about reading that stuff and you were reading it and, but you were giving it more space. And that's where your maturity in coaching had come in because you were willing. I, I have a tendency to not want the hole to get dug too deep too quickly. So I start buffering the hole the emotional hole a little bit early. You will let it go a little bit further than I will. And then you'll pull it back with not, you don't do sappy, sicky, sweet stuff. You're like, you're just like, Hey, can we talk? And they're like, yeah. And you're like, well, so what do you think happened there? And you're, and you're just, you're having a frank, neutral discussion where you're willing to step in and help, but you're not like, oh, hey, buddy, don't worry about it. You're just so great. Everything's going to work out great. You're super. You're awesome. You're on your way. It'll be great. You don't do that at all. You're like, you're like, hey, so what do you think happened? And you treat them in a very mature sense, but you do wait for it a little bit longer. But that, but we, that, that was, that's another thing where we, we had to get i had to i had to get a little bit more comfortable with the way your approach on things and i think that's really another thing too is a coaches and parents having the discussion about this is my approach and it's not going to work sometimes sometimes this is you know you might have a coach that's got a will to conquer or will to know whatever we've talked about before i don't want to get too far into that but that's having discussion and figuring kind of feeling each other out we kind of lucked into it i'll be honest with you because it could have gone the other way right well, the other thing though is if you're going to be that so let's now I think we have a our relationship. So if there is a let's call you a crazy tennis parent, right. this is the right way to do it. So this is good crazy. Okay. Okay. Then there's the bad crazy mm -hmm. where you're like an armchair quarterback. Right. Where you're not out there with your kids tossing balls. You're not out there being supportive in a way that gives them space to process that where you you drive them, you drop them off, you pick them up, you kind of come down, you try to control everything versus having healthy discussions with the coach where... Or actually being there. By being right, there so, and so being we, a part of it. I think that's... Well, yeah, maybe, but that's that won but, me over, maybe that won me over a little bit in your corner because you were like, okay, I see what he's trying to do here. And he has good intentions. I don't agree with everything he says or the, everything he does, but I think he has good intentions. Yeah, but you, right? even though you didn't Maybe. agree in the moment with what I was doing, you gave it space. Again, ready? You right. gave it space where in two, three weeks, you were like, oh, that's why you were doing that. Right. And I was like, yeah, I'm scaffolding. Well, this because I thought about it and I was like, and I was into it. I wasn't on an outside perspective watching going, why aren't they hitting more balls? Okay, so a crazy tennis parent in, from my experience, right, doesn't think about where the coach is coming from, doesn't ask the coach, the coach and the parent aren't working together, and it's almost like it's hidden from the kid, 
and the kid is like in between the two. It's almost like two divorced parents where the kid's in the middle and one, one person saying one thing and it doesn't have to be mom. We keep saying mom. It could be a dad too. I mean, it's anybody. Sure. I'm just, it's where I'm at right now. So the kid's standing there and then there's like the coach here and the parents here and the kids in the middle and they're both talking to each other, but no one's saying to the kid, well, what, what do you think of all what this? What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> because underlying of our relationship, this is not about Claude and Sully. It's actually about Bomber and Cannibal. They're the ones that have said, you know, we want to be the best at this sport coming from them. And I was hesitant in working with you because I thought you were the bad crazy where you were making them play. You were making them go that there wasn't any intrinsic internal motivation from them. And that was the furthest thing from the truth. It is a 100% internally, intrinsically, uh, energized your the thing inside your kids is coming from but them let me say and, oh, and they and then when they say like oh well we want to take a day off and you're like fine and then they're like well, when are we gonna go play you just said you want to take a day off <laughs> like like so i guess my point though is that or i they, say or i say hey we we um we got to cut it short today and they're like what and i'm like yeah, we're leaving in 15 minutes or we're leaving in a half hour. And then hour. three hours later, they're still going. <laughs> no, I know, but do you see what I'm they're saying? They're mad here? or they're upset or they're, yeah. They, but they want, and when they get there, right. right, it's not, you have to do this, blah, 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 or, ready? Right. And I know you've had, we all have to do this with our kids. Listen, if you're supporting, um, supporting somebody on their dream and the work involved at any age, and I believe this, I don't think you should dumb things down for kids. You said that this is what you wanted. Well, it is. Okay. This is what goes into it. So today's day four of practice. It's a two-hour practice. We got, I don't want to go. Well, here's the deal. We're going to go. And then after we go, if you feel differently, then we need to reevaluate this thing. So you go to the practice and they're hemming and hawing and you go through it. Two hours later, if, if their mood hasn't changed and they're not looking at you like, you know, I'm glad you pushed me because I feel really good that I did that. Then you're on the right path. Right. If they're like leaving upset, you had a fight. Okay. That's one time. Then the next time you ready for practice. I don't want to go. But you said that you wanted to do follow this dream and I'm supporting you on I'm like, I'm not trying to make you do it, but I'm saying, but if you need to be pushed, I don't want Say, okay, let's go this one more time. Second time, it comes back that they're not liking this, meaning that their attitude is deflated, upset. They look annoyed. They'd rather be doing something else. Then, and you just keep making them go, you're not building a champion. I got to be You're honest, not building a champion. Uh, so, yeah, so yesterday, I'm on the court. We're practicing in the court, the adjacent court to us. There's a mom and daughter, and they come in about partway, halfway through our practice, and they come on there. And um, they just, their body language gives off the, um, this, I really can't stand it, but it's the blase, you know, like, oh, we're here to play tennis. 
And then, and and I'm like, you know, my kids are working. I'm like, all right, here we go. One, two, three. And we're having fun. It's not like a, but I'm sure to them. And my kids are serving at me at a high rate of speed. And this 16 year old girl looks and I'm whacking. I'm hitting that ball at like 70, 80 miles an hour back at them as hard as I can. And my kids are taking it. And I'm sure people look at my kids because I'm tall. My kids look at, they think they're older than they are, but they're not as old as you think they are. And so, but to watch the, just the body language and the disinterestedness and the blah. And then they spent, you know, she spent probably of the 90 minutes, she probably spent about a good 70, 60 some in between bench settings and uh, phone usage uh, on ground strokes, you know, and then the last 15 was the serve. And I watched the daughter struggle with the serve. I mean, she wasn't putting her foot out and sticking in the front. She was doing this hop thing. And there were times when she could get it when she could come up over the ball. But then there were other times and she was being, she's a teenager. So she's going through a lot and you could tell she like sunk her head down and she's like getting all judgy with herself and all this other stuff. And her mom is just sitting there kind of casually watching, right? Going through this whole thing and letting it play out. Now, the crazy tennis parent would probably be the critical parent that's like, you're not getting it. You're not, JJ, get the ball higher. Get up over it. What's the matter with you? You know what I mean? And, and there's this critical element. But then there's also the blase, I don't really care. And then it's like, it's like she's making the faces and she's frustrated, but you're not really helping. Right? So to me, and maybe, the, maybe you'd consider this crazy, but I'd come over and I'd be like, Jeannie, you know that's not helping you. I know you're frustrated, but you realize that that's just causing your body to tense up. Like when you just slam your head down and your neck and you just put the racket down and it's not allowing you to focus as clearly as you could here. And just let that thought resonate with her for a few minutes and say, you know, if you can let go of that and just do the toss the way you believe in yourself and do the toss the way you think you could do it. Let's just go for that. And I frankly don't care if you hit the net. It's not about that. I want to see if you're doing the form right first. Right. And that's now, I don't know if that's a crazy tennis parent. I don't think it no, is. That, no, that's not. That's the opposite. I think that that's, that's good crazy. And what's, so let's say she's 13, 14. She was 16. Okay. So let's say yeah. she's still going through puberty. Yeah. Let's say maybe, or maybe she's finished. I don't know. Maybe yeah. she's, but let's say the other thing you can't account for already. Right. She's a teenager. Yeah. So let's say she has something going on with her friends. Right. Maybe something happened at school. Maybe something. Maybe her parents are going through a, through a divorce. Maybe there's something happening. Yeah. That we, we always can't, talk about the emotional stuff. Or that we have yeah. no, no, what's going on. It's huge. And maybe her and her mom had a fight that she was like, you know, I just want to go with my friends today. And she's like, listen, you really need to practice. Right. I'm supporting you on your dream. She's like, I don't want to be here. I got something on. Maybe she's. I don't Who know. knows? Yeah, she, she's in a growth spurt. Her body's a hot mess right now. Sure. Right, but by saying something like, "Listen, I know," again, same thing you just said, but just maybe even adding the personal thing. I know you're distracted by what happened with your friends. Right. But you know, the great thing about tennis is, just like you said, pick one aspect. All right, and, the, and I'm going to give you some space and just toss the ball. Right. Or here's one. Just hit it as hard as you can. <clears throat> Let it out. Let all that negative energy go into the ball right. and, and throw it away. And think of that. Right. Think of the symbolism of hitting a ball away from you. Right. I would have also said, you know what? Hold on. I'm going to see if I can get a ball machine. 
let's just unload on this today. Right, exactly. Let's just, let's just do something else. That, because here's the thing too. Yeah. What we miss sometimes in the pursuit of perfection, mastery, and artistry, it doesn't have to look good. Right. But if you get that feeling of being on a court and this feels like my safe zone, mm-hmm. this feels like my my clubhouse. Yeah. This is where I, that's why I love cleaning tennis courts at the Garden State Country Club. I mean, it was just like, I love being a, around the heart true. <laughs> I know it sounds stupid, but like, no. I liked sweeping the court. I liked the tactile feel of it. The hap- like yeah. cleaning, like, be, like, and then looking over the courts and seeing them pristinely swept and I've lined really well. And then I hit the sprinklers and, and then I'm able to be the last, the end of the night. I leave, I like hit the lights. Yeah. It's like, it's like the, it's like the old, what is it? The Italian, the old Italian, uh, the story of the two bricklayers in Italy that are putting bricks in the middle of the streets. And they, one bricklayer is like, you know, fussing and fighting and aggravated with, you know, the, the job and he's just doing it to, you know, make the money and provide for his family, which is not a just, and he's doing it. And then there's another bricklayer and they, and he's complaining to him and the other bricklayers crying. And he says, he says, why are you crying? And the bricklayer says, because I'm building the blocks of history. He's looking at it a completely different way. Yeah. And so if we can have that, he's honored to be able to participate in this activity and he gets paid, but that's a secondary motivator for him. It's not the primary. Right. And he's lucky that he has that appreciate. All right. Oh, here we go. Right. He's lucky. Oh, here, hit the hit the smarticles. I want a full smarticles ring. Oh, shh, 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 shh. I'm taking it in. Yeah. Okay. Again, you're just, you say things in a way more poetic way than I do. Oh. Um, that that bricklayer is yeah. coming from an angle that when times are tough and the money's not there, right. what he's getting out of it is so much more than the other bricklayer who's just doing it to support his family, which is still fine. Right. But if but you that can, other bricklayer needs to go find that thing. Ah, right. But but if you can then do that for your kid as a parent coach, where no matter how it goes, the appreciation for this rectangle right. that you're like, wow. Well, like, like, it, like that. It, 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 it doesn't matter how the practice went. Well, because it's, it's so you, funny because I'm playing with my kids and this is, I want to have this in a different episode, but I'm playing with my kids and I am, because I've played tennis now long enough, um, I've always been into the balletic, 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 balletic approach. So in other words, like the, just the full, you know, when you make the full extension and where oh, your yeah. other arm is, your non-racket hand is not just your racket hand. So like a lot of these other people are chopping meat, right? They're just like hitting the ball to their kid or whatever. But I love, especially like to return to my kid. And now I've gotten totally into ghost stroking after he flubs the return or flubs the serve. I ghost stroke, you know, how I'm going to do that. And I love that whole, that whole feeling. It feels really cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you appreciate the movement. Right. It it feels, it feels dance move. It's ballet. And I first, I started off doing it because I wanted to model it for my kids. So this is how it built for me. I wanted to model it for my kids because I wanted them to see the thought process pictures worth a thousand words. So I wanted them to see the thought process of what went on as a returner or what the other guy was going to do. He was ready. Even if, even if they 
missed the serve. I wanted them to see that he was ready and he was going to take it with the forehand or he was going to take it with the backhand. And I wanted them to be thinking about that and processing that so that they could see, oh, not just eh, just standing there like a stick. Eh, I knew he was going to mess that one up. I'm just standing there. I am like, I'm like literally like this. And then I moved into, you know what? I'm going to practice my ghost stroke. So I practice the ghost stroke and I show them through. And then I've really gotten into the whole body movement thing because that was one thing my original coach did was that was really good was he was very, really tall guy, but he was really good with his body movements, his mechanics. And he was very balletic to, to, to borrow the, the word. And, um, I, I think that that too has a means of getting the kids more into it because it, it again, it builds a depth of interest and it builds where, where you're like, Oh, I see like you have a real appreciation for your clean courts or laying bricks in Italy oh, or whatever. Yeah, it's absolutely. an art. I'm just saying it's an yeah. art to build. It's not just a guy putting a brick and going, kunk, kunk, kunk. it's, you know, carefully laying it, specking out the thing. You, you know, know what's fun? So I think the goal <laughs> for me, because because I'd like to talk about me now since you brought it up. Did you bring me up? I think you did. Did you say anything about me? I think you brought yourself up. I'll be <laughs> honest with you. Wait, a New Yorker brought themselves up. My goal for myself as a player, not as a coach, is to look really good uh, technically. Like I want somebody to look at my game and be like, wow, that's a that's a great looking backhand. Right. I don't care if I lose six oh six oh, but if I looked better than you, <laughs> if I looked better than you, you'd be like, you know, God is bad. I mean, you can't really compete worth crap. <laughs> but wow, he looks great. Yeah. Like there's something about I love the way. Yeah. And again, I am by no means an elite player, not even close. So you could be what Frank Giampello calls a, a, a beautiful loser. Oh yeah, listen, I'm okay with that because I love the haptic response I get when I hit right. a clean backhand where I'm just like, right? Oh, it's it's you're like, oh yeah, thank you team, <laughs> like, like just like <laughs> oh man, right? Like I just oh so, uh, but I like, have there's to, something but, about that. So there's something about that that I'm trying to ascertain for myself and the way that feels and the movement, like when I split step or when I do a crossover step and then I bolt out for a wide shot and I'm able to, to roll my wrist and I actually can get to a Western and I can take that forehand and bend it up and around, even if I don't but this is point. But this is, okay, so this is, <clears throat> I believe this is one of the direct problems we're facing is because we've commoditized the tennis lesson the parents have probably for the most part because of the money, but you commoditize the tennis lesson. Yes. You're looking for the coach with the magical fairy dust, but you've commoditized it. And I believe that if I, I think one of the ways we need to change this is we need more, we need more parents who actually can get deeper and deeper into the game. So we need to get rid of a lot of the parents who are just, you not get rid of them, but put them off in a separate section with their kids they're the meat and potatoes parents who are going to pay for the lesson and it's a commodity and it's a whole thing of weight, whatever it's a way it's their thing. And that's fine. And then over here, we need to have a separate class of parents and kids that are deeply interested in the artistry of the sport and right. Coaches giving <clears throat> those parents some extra TLC and co-coaching with them. And the parents should feel Again, I think this would be great, actually, is having classes for parents on how to coach your kids. 
running a, a tennis class. And I will, I will say this. And, oh, this is, uh, could we, I got to hit pause for one second. The reason I looked at myself, I didn't get to say this earlier. The reason I looked at myself as your, as your coach and not the kids is because I didn't want the relationship for you with your kids where your kids look at you and say, what do you know? You're not a coach. You're my dad. Right. So what I was doing is empowering you as a coach. So that didn't happen. So when they bring things up and you say something, they know that I've said it initially early on, but now moving forward, anything you say was already validated earlier a year ago by me. And they know then, wait a minute, my dad's no Sully. Now my dad's doing his own research. They co-coach together. It's taken off this. But that took a maturity on your part. No, we. I know. We, no, no. Stop. This is important. I think we need I think to draw this. Said it though. We didn't. No, but it. we need to draw this out. You are considered an expert in your own way because you're a tennis teaching pro. So you're an expert. You've been teaching for twenty years. You got a lot of students, hundreds. Here's the deal. You could easily have said, "Me expert. You know nothing." you novice. So shut up. And you wouldn't have said that, but you could have easily have taken that road. And I'm afraid there are some situations out there that are like that. And that's the bad. I'm sorry. The, well, that's the I'm bad sorry coach. If, I'm that's sorry. Bad coach. Yeah, I'm bad. sorry if you're in a situation like that, but then recognize it and either suck it up and deal with it or get out. Wait, are you talking about the coach, the, the parent? Uh, if, if you've got the parent a parent, the kid, if you've got a situation like that with a coach where the coach is not, but then you also have to check yourself too, because if, if if you're the bad parent who's you know browbeating your kid and not really getting interested in the lesson, in other words, I think what we're arriving at here is that you have to either be in for a penny, in for a pound, or you're just not in. And you can't if, you can't dip your toe in the water as a tennis parent and be like, well, I took you to the lessons, I drove you to the tournaments, and not be out there working with your kids and I, and. and it is a cop out if you say I don't know anything about tennis. Right, right. Here we go. Well, I'm not. I mean, I'm not a tennis player, but you're trying to coach your kid. So the I think the best thing you can do. But underneath that, isn't there secretly a like a I'm not really interested? Because if you were interested, if you said I don't know anything about tennis, then the natural thing to do next would be like, well, let me take a lesson with you. Or, or do you want to take a lesson? Do you want to take a lesson with me, or do you want to? Or here's one: take a lesson together with your kid. Be on the court instead of picking up balls. Oh, that's like a genius thing, right there. Seriously, I mean, how many times? So let me ask you this: How many times has that happened? Zero. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I I lied. I lied. I just lied about that. No, this summer with me. This summer, I know that. This summer, take a lesson. Right? Okay, yeah. This summer, because of the Covies. Yeah. I had a girl that was playing basketball okay. who was going to try to make the tennis team. Uh, I guess, oh, that was, yeah, this is the beginning of this year. So it was this past summer. Uh-huh. So I was doing a private lesson with her and her mom was in a drill with me years ago. And she's like, oh, I really miss tennis. And I said, well, just do the lesson together. I said, I can teach you two different things and it's totally fine. So she's like, okay. As, and she's like, let me see if my daughter's cool with it. And she was. And it was awesome. So her, her, the daughter got to see her mom make mistakes. You, yes. Ah, there we go. Oh my and God. The mom so started huge. recognizing things her daughter was doing. Hold on. 
that she was doing right. wrong right. because he was able to watch. So ready right. now when they were leaving yeah. and this is awesome. I remember this. I remember like them, like the mom, like putting the arm around the, the daughter leaving. I mean, it was like the, um, Mean Joe Green commercial from like the early eighties oh where, where he throws in <laughs> the, the bits for hey, Mr. Green and he throws in the t shirt, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm dating myself. Where he throws in the shirt. So everybody look up the mean Joe Green. Yeah, but that, you know how much it's Co- a co- you know much Coca-Cola that sold. Oh, I <laughs> know. Sold, I know it sold like, billions of dollars of it. It right? sold the Great Lakes worth of Coke. But there was a rare instance where that has happened, and the mom again, the the daughter had to humble herself a little bit coming from a new sport. Right. She had the mom had like, they had to check their relationship and she never told her what she was doing wrong. She didn't say to her daughter, well, you need to do this. Well, but that also builds a relationship because like when I talk about, and I, I work with my kids, sometimes my kids will come up to me and my kids will say like, you know, dad, uh, can I talk to you about your serve? You know, your, um, you realize what you're, you realize what you're doing. No, but that's there, different right? though, because you have and a different I'm cool relationship. With it. No, I'm cool no, with no, it. No, I'm saying though, is that this was only a couple, a few lessons like that. Right. The mom wasn't instantly jumping on her right. to become an expert by the second lesson. Right. To get good quickly. To get good quickly. You guys have had years of a working relationship now where you guys are going back and forth because Cannibal and Bomber know that you're also working on your game. So now it's not this it's not a critical thing. Right. It's sharing information. Yeah. My daughter will do that with me also when, when I'm cooking or when she's doing something or, Hey dad, you might want to think about it's not said in a, again, ready to, and I talk about tone and delivery a lot to yeah. my kids about right. how they say something. Right. So you can say something that's very condescending and it's, which comes across as I'm better than you. Right. I, I'm your parent. I'm your parent. And just do what I tell you because when you do, you're going to be successful and I'm right. Versus if you're taking the lesson with your kid and you say, hey, you know, I noticed that you're not split stepping and I realized that I'm not doing the same thing. So do you want to go get a, ready? Do you want to get a ball machine together this weekend and we'll both work on split stepping? That's a completely different tone and direction from a parent that's on equal footing. Right. Versus. Well, you're still the parent, though. Ver- versus. Yeah. You, you, correct. You didn't give away your parental rights and power. I think that's important. Kids. I think, and for people who are listening who are like, well, then you're just being a fan with them and, and it's all a bit different. Listen, it's not about that. It's about, it's, it's, a, it's growing together in your relationship because- when they were little, you needed to be a little bit more of that L- boss. Listen, but then when they got older. Now you have to change the way you become more of a parent friend to some degree. You know what I mean? But guess what? Mm. You're still putting your napkin on your lap during dinner. Right. Guess what? Yeah. Right. Like, like there's there certain things are, you're still going to fold your own laundry. Sorry. Or right. you need to clean your room up. So, but this gets back to the thing. So what we're doing is we're connecting the parent and the child. Yes. I just had a revelation. I just had a revelation. Yes. You hear that? Yes. It's it's like it's like the I feel like I need to answer in some wizard voice like Ooh. what is it that you <laughs> are willing to share right now, Mr. Sullivan? I just connected something. We need a connection. Our, we're sound. bringing our I think our job as a parent. Let me say this. Where I interpret my job as a parent. <laughs> 
is like here when it comes to like how to live like cleanliness house stuff i want my kids to know how to cook clean fold laundry i want them to learn like this is how you take care of a place etiquette as far as like hey you should write some thank you notes there should be bathing regimens are good there are certain things like that which when you lay the or being creative is a big one for me creative reading and writing so these are things that not debatable but they get that these are life skills yeah that will help them right we're bringing that parenting power approach approach to a game do you play monopoly like that uh, no, you're, you, listen, you're not, you're not buying Park Place. You're better off buying the smaller ones because we're going to land on them more. So just do what I told you. Right. Just do it that way. You're taking- Some people are doing it. <laughs> Some people are doing <laughs> no, I know, I just, but, but, but I think my connection is that, that even for myself, like that's where we go wrong, I think, as crazy tennis parents because we're bringing that parental authority to the tennis court. Right. And you're mm-hmm. not- it's a game, but I think it's a that's game. But okay. It's a so, game. but that's up to the coach. I'm going to put this on the coaches because I think the coaches could do a better job of this. They need to be able to sort of educate the parent before they get involved in the lessons. Like, I don't know what your parenting style is at home and that's fine. But when you're, when you're talking with your son or daughter outside the lesson, it's not helpful if you're using that same approach in tennis because tennis is a game and there and there's not huge consequences for them down the road if they don't do it a certain way. So in other words, if they don't wipe their mouth or they don't, you know, they chew with their mouth open. Let's put it that way. They chew with their mouth open. That's very different in a business meeting in 15 years. That's going to be kind of a problem. But if they hit their (laughs) swinging volley, if they swing on their, if they, you know what I'm saying? Like that's going to be a very different that's don't you think that that's going to be just killed the business deal <laughs> just no it's it's a big deal like they're sitting there going like this going oh it's done i can't do it's it. it's over there people are like it, that's like grandma sitting at the thanksgiving table with like the big old hairy mole and the food stuck on her face right, right. And, it's like, right. and you're like i can't even I can't, it's ruining the meal because right. she's gumming it she's gumming it up yeah, right oh my god we love her for all of her contribution and all of her connectedness yeah. but, but at you know this that, point, that five dollar christmas card yeah inside the right. <laughs> birthday card i just can't do it no but but i think coaches could i think that would be an important thing for them to do i, to I say, agree i don't I agree. know i don't know what your parenting style is at home but regardless this sort of approach outside the scope when your son or daughter is done with the lesson or the group lesson I would strongly recommend that you not take that approach. Even if you watch them and you saw that they're not split stepping or you saw that they're whatever, they know because of what the coach, what I as the coach am working on, they know that this is an issue. We've talked about this issue. Right, you don't need to reinforce it and beat the dead horse to make them feel. But also the reason why I think you've actually lost your authority. I'll be honest with you. You've, and that's what I would say is that 
in order for you to have street cred with your comments, you need to be taking a co-lesson with your son or daughter every now and then. You need to be going onto the court with them and playing. You need to be, even if you're working the ball machine and you're picking up balls, be the chair, be on the court with them. Spend actual time with them. Because what will happen then is the your, your child will say, oh, well, mom is going to practice. Dad is going. Dad's like, I'm leaving now for my lesson with, with Coach Claude. What? Yeah, I'm working on my forehand. Then when you come back, and then he was like, "Well, what'd you work on? None of your business." <laughs> and can I just yeah, tell right? you? Like yeah, I know. Can I just tell you about that? About this. So for those who are listening, who think I'm full of bull, here's the reality: I've been coaching my kids stone cold hardcore for six years. My son, last week, for the very first time in all that time, he says to me. He says to me, great job, coach. My son has never called me coach. Ever. No, I just want to be clear on that. But the reason why I want to be clear on that is for people who think I'm full of bull, that you got to be involved. I'm, I'm involved a lot with my kids. And it took that much time for my kid to actually consider me at some level on par with you. Which is like no, no, but you missed it. No, you missed it. Holy cow! No, you, you missed know. it though. Yeah. It's it's deeper than that. Uh huh. Can I unpack that for you? Yeah, of I, course. I, because I think you're. That's amazing. I'll tell you why it's amazing. He separated the authority. The co, your your dad at home. Yeah. As a coach, he's not getting kids that have animosity towards their parents when they're like co-coaching or, right. or when they're, when they're coaching, I shouldn't say co-coaching when they're coaching uh-huh. is that like, they always feel like you're the parent. Oh, so there's this. So if you're a certain way at home because you're using your authority, yeah. they're traveling with that even because they know you're right. They're carrying it with them on the court. So then what happens that that becomes a, a hidden barrier, right? The parental authority then doesn't leave space for autonomy. So if you're always the parental authority, when does your kid get to be autonomous and figure things out for themselves? When he calls you a coach, coaches are not looked at as parental authorities. We are looked at as guides that are helping you on your journey that you chose versus being forced on the journey because if you're at the private lesson or the class or whatever it may be, we're assuming that you want to be there on your own, which is an autonomous decision. So when he says to you, thank you, coach, he, you're now no longer browbeating. You're no longer being the parent that is sending negative and I don't mean like being a parent is negative. What I'm saying is once you lay the hammer down on like behavior at home or doing something, he's not mixing the signals up. Right. You're not saying clean up your room now because it looks like a pigsty when you're saying, hey, because I think that's what people hear sometimes. I think kids hear that sometimes when, you know, I noticed that you weren't split stepping um, at the right time. I know that. Oh, you don't need to tell me that again. <laughs> That's the reaction from my kids. Captain Huffy Puffy from Mighty M. Today. Hey, hey Maze, uh, did, did you brush your teeth after? Oh, God, yes. 
then why are you walking upstairs towards the bathroom right now <laughs> with your opening up the toothpaste thing, right? Well, at some and level, it, at some level, they're chiding themselves. They're they're trying to self correct. They're chiding themselves, and they're annoyed and embarrassed. And they're that they frustrated. Forgot. Yes, yes, and and that's why you need to stay on your kids. But what happens is, if you're the parent coach, then you go to the court. Well, you're not split stepping. I know I didn't brush my teeth, and you're like. Oh, I was just saying about the forehand because this is your dream. One's right. hygiene. Mm. There's the hygiene and there's the dream gene. I'm the dream gene now, but they can't separate that. Right. That comment to you tells you that as a parent coach, you're doing the right things. Okay. I'm really proud of you. That's thanks. Good job. And I mean, thanks, man. I know Seriously. That, that's a, that's a, well, there you go. Seriously. Thank you. And the fact that it just rolled out. Yeah. That's the best. You know what that is? That's like when you're just sitting around and your kid looks at you and is like, hey, dad, I love you. That's that. That's it. And yeah. you're like, God, I didn't screw it up yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, right. And, and there'll be other times where it's going to come out as, thanks, coach. And you're like, oh, that's not a good one. So, I, I, so and I have to just say this, and this is an aside. I don't want this to sidetrack us, but, you know, it's funny because I, I invest a lot in my kids and I have and I was talking with my wife about this and I've mentioned this a bunch of times before but it's kind of like okay so I just want to be clear here I'm going to I'm going to spend all this time with my kids I'm going to from everything from basic training to you know basic household functioning to cooking to cleaning and i'm going to train them manners and i'm going to train them how to cope and coping mechanisms i'm going to train them and i'm going to work with them on their schooling and i'm going to work with them on all this stuff and then what i'm going to do i just want to be clear on this i'm going to turn them over to you at a company so you can get everything i did for the last 18 to 22 years wait a second what am I doing? I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that necessarily. If I, in other words, so if I can sit there and train my kids to find something they're passionate about to start their own business, if for some reason tennis, they don't, they choose not to do it or whatever, that's, I'm going to do that. I mean, I, my point is, is like we as parents are going through all this effort. Some of us are going through more of it than others, but we're going through all this effort and then we're giving our prized possession out to the world and saying, here, Hopefully you'll find some use for them. They'll they'll submit their resume and they'll apply to your job and then you can find some use for them in this singular fashion. <laughs> Maybe they fit the bill. So you want your kids. This multidimensional, dynamic, human, creative, wonderful, sweet human being. And hopefully you can find uh you can find some sort of little hovel that they can sit in all day and they can make money but what for you. you. But what you want is for your boys to go out and say not what you can do for me. How about what I can do for the world? And then yeah. they, right, and that's a whole different thing. But right. I think anybody that goes down the parent coaching route and not to be a cra a good crazy, not bad crazy. Yeah. Good crazy means you walk the walk. You got to live through example. And you may mm. say, listen, I'm going to toss your balls. I'm going to ride you. I'm supporting you. I actually don't play tennis, but you know that I have my own company, right? So I'm going to show you in a different way 
but I'm we're, we're we're paralleling each other, right? Right. So you're so when I tell my kids to be creative and it's important to read and write, what do they see me doing all the time? Right. Reading, writing, and, and listening to the I review the podcast to make sure that I'm not a hypocrite. Or when I listen back to an earlier episode, which I just did the other day, I and Maze like you've already heard this. I said, you know, I'm just making sure I agree with myself. I want to make sure that yeah. that the th- and then I'm oh, going to that's sp- unusual. I'm going to spot you, or maybe my yeah. viewpoints changed <laughs> because I. The interesting thing about like podcasting is, well, you said this there. You're like, well, I'm allowed to change. Yeah, and if you're and if you change, I think that's actually an awesome future episode because it's like, well, okay, why did you say it? Okay, and then what made you change? And all of a sudden, you got new information, or you asked yourself a better question, and you're like, oh, this is why I'm changing. But what does that show my kids also? That I don't know everything. Right. And then, then once I say walk. something. Right. You but can, that does not. But the interesting thing for people who are listening to this that are like, I can't do that. That's the emperor has no clothes. And it's like, it doesn't mean they're going to think that they don't have to listen to you because you don't know everything. It means that they're still going to listen to you because they respect you. And they respect that, you know, you're kind of driving the ship. And without you, it'd be a really tough world for them how can you tell a kid to split step if you can't sprint a flight of stairs up right you've got no cred okay well you need to do this right okay well let me see you pick up that 50 pound kettlebell i i I can't right okay then sorry shut up i mean honestly i mean honestly it's like that drives me crazy it's it's like so my kids are like i was like come on you can climb that tree my son this summer's like let's see you climb the tree i'm like okay and I climb the tree. Yeah, like, or, like it's, or, it's, or, <laughs> when, or when my kid, when my kid serves one up to me, and I smack the ball back at him so hard with a low flat ball that he's like, "Okay, I get it," <laughs> you know. And it's not to be a big man on campus. It's to be like, "No, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. Let's go." And it's also to be like, "This is what you're going to be facing in the future, so you best see it now." Right. So, so, that, so, so permission to for you to bring it to me. Right. You, you're not gonna. So when he smacks it back at you, you're not gonna be like, "What are you doing? And I he, can't handle and, that." And to be honest with you, he enjoys that. Well, you know he does. Well, you know both of them do. But kids enjoy anything when they know you're walking the walk. Right. So a not a good crazy parent walks the walk, and if you don't have a ton of time, then you need to clarify to your kid. I would love to do this with you right now. Trust me. I'd rather be on a court with you. But you could, but let's be honest. No, no, but was, Even but, if you don't have a ton of time, you can always, on a Saturday or Sunday, nobody's working seven days a week. No, you I can know, always I, find an hour. Uh, I'm saying that, is that you mark out some time. Right. Not everybody has five days a week. I'm not. No, I, I, do you know what I'm saying? Or, yeah, or, whatever, or whatever it may be. Yeah, I agree. What I'm trying to say is that in some way, shape, or form, for you to, to not dominate with that parental authority, right. which creates animosity. That parental authority right. creates animosity on a tennis court. Yeah. That is to be a coach or to be some. But I think coaches have to, have to make parents aware of that. I, I, we are. Because I think that's we, the no, problem. We, we're doing it right now. <laughs> well, this, I know. This is it. I know. Uh, yes. How would you do it? We're exactly what we just said this whole no, no, podcast. No, but, but let's say you when I'm okay, but what I'm saying you wouldn't come at a okay, newbie. Oh, okay, here we you go. wouldn't come at a new parent slash student and say, <laughs> Listen, let me just tell you this is the way it's gonna be. And blah, 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 blah. you wouldn't that's, do that. That's my coach authority. Yeah, you wouldn't I mean No, okay, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, a parent comes out 
And it's like, you know, I'm Bobby, Bobby with an I, with Bob, <laughs> female Bobby, really wants to, and it's a dad. So if a dad bring his female daughter out, he was a big sports guy, loves sports, doesn't know a lot about tennis, but really, really likes sports. And comes out and says, yeah, Bobby's really got her sights on playing high-level uh, high, high school. Right. Okay, how old is she? She's 12. Right. She had a couple years. Seventh grade, eighth grade. Now, you know, she hasn't really done anything. She did some soccer. She did some soccer. <laughs> now she's thinking about doing the individual sport. Your fave. Oh, uh, my fave. And I'll say, well, and he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be helping her out. Great. Um, what's your... When you say helping her out, how many days are we going to be working together? And I'll look at Bobby and say, you know, is this something that you really want to do? And she's like, oh, yeah, I really want to do it. Great. Well, we're going to do, uh, we'll do twice a week. I, I have time twice a week for an hour to work with her. And she'd like to do two private lessons a week. Okay. Then I would say to him, separately, I would get her to do something like as a warm up or so maybe like whatever on the court and say, can I talk to you for a second? Or I'd say after the lesson, can we have a conversation? And I would say, you know, you want to make sure that because you're not coming from a tennis background yourself, that you want to speak on the same level as her, that you found things interesting, that in, in you helping her with her journey, that you're going through this and notice that you know, you're doing some research beforehand. So when you're tossing her balls, then have her turn around and toss you balls and then ask her, am I doing this correctly? Engage her as a coach. Get her to coach you back. So you coach her, she coaches you back. Then what happens is, as a coach, it takes the pressure off you doing the mechanics, but you're able to see the mechanics in somebody else. And then what happens is you start having a trained eye. And when you take the other approach where you have the dominant parent that says, well, Coach Sully said to do this, so do it this way. That's not the way you're supposed to do it. This is the way he told you to do it. And you're throwing it at a ball at and them. And even if the, the kid is saying something like, but I'm not comfortable with this. I want to try it this way. You got to be able to honor that, right? I mean, because if you don't honor it, then you're stepping over the line from helpful tennis parent, helpful crazy tennis parent, or whatever you want to say, to crazy crazy tennis parent. Cray cray. One hundred cray cray. Totally. Is that right? One hundred percent. And what's weird is, you feel like you're supporting me by saying, "Well, Coach Sully said this, or Coach Claude said that," but it's the way you're delivering it with the parental authority, which is not how we deliver. But it, it. basically says you're wrong. There's no, there's no room for, but, but you know, oh, what, but, uh, what do I think about this? Whatever it's you're wrong, but you're missing what, okay. <laughs> but you're, what they're missing though, is that they're not taking it. You're taking it. I think the parent is taking it as, well, you're not doing what the coach said. So it's wrong. They don't take it as like, I'm the one that's going to be disappointed. <laughs> they take it as no. they're disappointing the parent, right? Which is a horrible feeling, right? And they're the ones that keep saying like, "But the coach said this," the and coach the parent, said that. the parent, because they're not involved in tennis, they don't understand or whatever. They're clinging desperately on to what the expert said. They heard it. They, they've been a good listener, which is all the stuff that they've been told. Hold on, no, this is all the stuff that the school system teaches. You're be a good listener. Do what you're told. Listen to the experts right and so they're they're 
they're regurgitating that. And when they see their kid doing it or not doing it right, they jump on it and they say, well, that's not what the coach said. And in order for you to do this, you're supposed to do it the way the coach said it, right? There's no leeway there for someone because when you, if you're you're manufacturing a piece of electronica, there is a way to do it. It's a manufactured object. It's a process. You don't deviate from that because if you do, the goo goes on the wrong board, the thing gets nailed in wrong or screwed in wrong stuff happens. You get a, a, a human hair on it and it's all done. It's a precise way of doing it. But in tennis, because it's more of an art form, it's a sport and an art form. There are imprecise ways. There's no one precise way to do the thing. And I think parents need an education on that. They need to understand and appreciate that. Right. And how great would it be for a parent to say here? Now you toss me some balls. And then afterwards say, you know, I didn't really appreciate how difficult this is. Imagine saying that to your kid instead of saying, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. You know, I was watching during your lesson with Coach Claude and, you know, I didn't really realize how hard this is. It's, and I know this is difficult. Empathy. And I don't think that, I mean, I'd I'd like to kind of try that too because I know I sit a lot at my job and and maybe, maybe I can't be that involved parent but if you're okay with it, I'd love to go out with you and and you show me. You sh- uh, and the problem is is that otherwise it becomes this sort of cloistered, um, ivory tower situation where now the coach is the expert, but now the kid is kind of the expert, and now it becomes kind of like, well, you just don't understand. So if you wait too long in the development cycle to become a part of it, it's too long and you've waited too, it's too late, right? So now all of a sudden it's like, I'm sure you've seen this, right? In your experience where maybe there's been a parent that's tried to insert themselves, they've let it go for a number of years, but then the kid has developed a relationship with the sport and the coach and or whatever. And now the parent is trying to insert themselves and it's too late. They got to them too late in the development cycle and they have no credibility and the, you know, the coach is the expert and the kid is the, the, uh, the they, mate, gave, the mate. they gave away their parental coaching rights. Yeah. They sold them out. That's exactly right. right. Okay. Yes. You've seen that. Yes. Many times. Yeah. And I, and I think that that's sad and I've encouraged, I've encouraged all my parents and I've said this, my, my mom died too young from cancer and forget elite tennis. And I've said this multiple times to a lot of people, the greatest thing you can do with your kid is spend time with them on the court, just hitting a ball. I cannot get my mom back. And if it wasn't for her, I would not have never have played tennis. And this sport has given me so much back. You you're go. making a huge mistake. Yeah. It's the same it, thing with my a, dad. Yeah. Yeah. But, and you're, and you're making a huge mistake if you sign that off to your kid in any sport, right? Spend the time, whether, whether you're an expert or not, being out there and not criticizing them. So maybe we need, I wrote this, but maybe we need to put together a program that can take parents who um, are interested in developing this. They're sincerely interested and you're going to have drop off, but parents. So in other words, when you're signing your kid up for a lesson, 
you really need to also sign yourself up for a lesson. And some places are going to look at this like, or some parents might look at this like, oh, you're just trying to make money. No, I mean, yes, it makes money. But the bigger thing is, is that you need to experience what your kid's experiencing. Because if you just take them there and drop them off and then maybe watch them, maybe not. And then you look at the manufacturing process from afar and then you've got some critiques, you know, there's uh, nothing, there's nothing worse. There's nothing, uh, there there's go. nothing worse. There's nothing worse Woo. than making, than making a great meal, right? There's nothing worse than making a great meal and inviting your family over. And then you've always got that one person uh, who's like, who's like, they're like, Oh, isn't this good? This is so good. It's it's a little spicy, but boy, it's it's really good. And I, I love this and I love that. And it's you know, there and then the person is like, the guy's like, the guy's like, Yeah, well, it's kind of cold. And um, I don't really know why. It it looks like it's all mushy and wet. So whatever. I mean, it'll be fine. And they're like, but didn't you but don't you but they work so hard on this and they're really trying and they created this really cool dish and I'm glad they had us over and you know looking at the overall picture and where things are going and wow this is really great I didn't have to cook a meal and I got invited over to someone's home and they did all this stuff but then there's the guy or the woman who's like taking they, it they find they find fault in every single angle of some every right of the whole thing they can always find that thing where they can like and they don't see everything else versus that's the ego they for, need to feed that ego right 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 a control it's that's a control mechanism that is a control mechanism already how about even forgetting the food here are positives we're with friends and family hanging out enjoying each other's company right but guess what if you do that I'm not going to enjoy your company because I won't be going over to your house. <laughs> right. You're that person. No, right. I, and but so maybe we need this class or we that, need like, parent. so, and I would, <clears throat> and I would kind of just, yeah, not only do we need that class. Oh, well, I'm going to say this and I want you to just don't answer right away and think for a second. I want, and, and people can just, as I say it, let's just take a second, hit the silent button, the complete silent button after I see it. I think it's the orange button. Isn't it? It's completely, is that silent? Whoa, whoa, no, wait, wait, wait. Rut row. I don't, oh, I don't. yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a delay there. Right? No, that's hilarious. Dude, I didn't know we... You want to go dance later? No, <laughs> you want to go to the discotheque? <laughs> a disco <laughs> Wow. Studio 54. <laughs> oh, no, hold on. Because they we, closed that down a long time ago. Stop. That's an American discotheque. In <clears throat> Europe, everything's a discotheque. Right, okay. Which is why it's panic. The, where my kids and I were talking about the I other day about the band. Irish pan- friend. Panic at the disco, right? In Europe, we're, we're going to the discotheque, right? Okay, to, yeah, got it. Okay, okay. So you're going to suggest this? We didn't have the silence, but go ahead. What person wants to be told what to do in every aspect of their life, all day long, seven days a week? Right. I'm gonna say it one more time. Sorry. What person wants to be told? what to do, and I'll say differently this time, in their house, at school, on the tennis court, on the soccer field, and there is zero autonomy. And kids now are trying to find autonomy by signing up for group sports where they're told when and how they're struggling for autonomy. So 
you take that parental authority now and tell your kids when to wake up, tell them what to do, this is how we act, this is where we go, and drop you here, or there, yep, now I'm on the court, and now, yep, you did that wrong, you did that wrong. Where is the space, space, <laughs> where they, the final frontier. It, it is, it is. <laughs> where, 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 where does that happen? Where do they get to think for themselves? Where do they get to problem solve for themselves? Where do they get to build their own relationships? So there's a balance. And I feel that, that if you're going to be, if you want to be involved, it's very complicated. So how do we create a program for parents to do this where you're guiding without exercising your parental authority that becomes a combative relationship on the court with your kid, but at the same time helps them realize their dream, their dream and gives them the autonomy at the same time to direct their dream. But can I be clear on why I think that there's a breakdown? I think because if we don't, if we don't have these classes, if we don't have this, where if your kid signs up, you need to sign up and it could be a separate class. It doesn't have to be the same thing. But I think what's ended up happening is it becomes like a, it becomes like purchasing a, a product at the store and I, you, you purchase it, you get what you want, you get what you think you're going to get. It either holds up or it doesn't. It either satisfies you or it doesn't. And what happens is because the parents aren't involved, they didn't, they weren't involved in making the product. They don't understand what went into any of it. They're just like, oh, it's the product. But this is not purchasing a product, right? This is developing a skill that takes years to develop. <laughs> This does not happen in a lesson, two lessons, a week, a month, or a year. This takes years. And if you're not up for that, that's okay. Find another sport or go on a different track with it. Go rec. Be a recreational player. I just go to have fun. I really am not here to try to like set the world on fire with mechanics and skills and all this other stuff. But I think where it's breaking down is the parents are not... if if we don't have these education classes that whatever the problem is, there's no reverse Helsinki syndrome. So the Helsinki syndrome was the idea that, you know, you fall in love with your captors. Well, the parents aren't falling in love with the tennis coaches and captors. They're like, well, I'm paying. Here's another hour. Okay. I got to pick him up and then I got to take him here and I got to take him there. And okay. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Okay. That's good. Did you have fun? Did you have your friends? Did you have fun? Right. And then four years goes by and all of a sudden they're 12. And now it's like, well, mom, you know, I really want to do this. And I'm like, okay, but what about all the other activities you're in? And you're like, no, I really want to do tennis. And like, okay, but you have friends and these other things. You don't want to lose those friends. They're so important. No, I know. I won't. I, I know these people, but I really want to do this tennis thing. Okay. The problem is there wasn't that education to begin with. And now you've got somebody who's 12 who they really want to try. The parent is distant from it not really engaged. They've just been sort of the chauffeur, butler, whatever. And now you've got this kid who's like taking lessons. Now he needs lessons twice a week. He needs more rackets. He needs all this stuff. The expenses are going up and they're applying the same approach that they did earlier to now this. And it's a totally different situation. The kid is now going into an immersive experience 
trying to go toward mastering some skill sets and really developing themselves in a deep way and becoming very deep with tennis, like the artistry of the movement, right? I mean, just, just all this stuff, right? And the problem is then they have a parent who's on the other side, who's like a number cruncher, who doesn't appreciate any of that and hasn't been and again you along them with the journey, right? You outsource at that point your your authority. Or you're, right. you're right because you can't come in now and be like, oh well, because you didn't set the precedent. So no matter how much driving or buying or looking for coaches and courts and equipment that you did leading up to it, it doesn't really matter. Because if you were not along for the journey, right? Isn't that the point? If you're, you know, you, you, you have you done any research with your kid? Have you done any practice with them? Have you tried to build their skills? Have you had them teach you? Have you had these sort of interactions where you've built some relationship? So really, at some level, it's much deeper. The cra- there's crazy tennis parents who are crazy and they're detached, but they're darn on a mission to get the result they Stop. want. You just said it. That's okay. the word I wanted you to say. Mm-hmm. They're detached. They're detached. They're detached. They think they're attached. Right. They're not because the way they're going about it is it's like little bits here and there, but those bits aren't the ones that matter. Right. Those aren't the big puzzle pieces. Those are those actions allow them to maintain some sort of control over their child and it allows them to spout off what they think without having to do the work themselves. So that detachment is the word that we're looking for. A cra- a bad, crazy parent is detached in a way that keeps, the- because they're on the periphery, but they think that they're still having some sort of... Well, and they're scared. Let's be fair. They're scared because they now have been so detached that there's been a relationship that's built that's that's a little bit strong, maybe, with the coach. Oh, I could see that. And it usurps. Yes, I totally agree And at that. some sure. level, it can usurp the parent relationship. It's a little weird and a little scary for them. That's a possibility. Letting go. They're also pissed because they're spending a lot of time and money on this. And they don't really understand it, but they're going along with it. Or they don't care. Right. There's another one, too. Take the coach out of it. That This is all I can do. But if that's all you can do, then you don't get the say. You can't criticize from the periphery. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I see. It's not a ton, but I see mostly boys. But I'll see occasionally a girl. Teenage on the court going alone getting the ball machine and it's great. It's wonderful to see, but at the same time, it's sort of bittersweet. It's sort of sad. And I know their parents are working at that point and I get it, but, and I, and, and the other side is I do see parents working with their kids. So I don't want to paint this as it's just this one side, but it's really sad to me because I know in the heart of that 16 year or 14, 15, 16 year old lives a dream and lives a vision. And that dream and that vision is you know, greatness, right? In whatever form that takes. And they're probably never going to get there because they really needed, because coaches, they can only do so much. They're not the parent. They're paid to go on the court and work with the kid for an hour, hour and a half at a stretch. But all the other influencing, all the other research, all the other 
analogies, all the other perspectives that a parent can bring, the healthy, more sophisticated and elegant information and insights that a parent can bring, because these kids are, they're just raw lumps of clay that we're molding. But not in a condescending, critical, I know you don't just do what I tell you. Right. There's, there's an art to it. Yeah. And it's really, really difficult. And I would say that that kids out there on the ball machine by themselves, if that's their moment of autonomy to do that because they want to put the time in, that's great. But how cool would it be as he's doing that or she's doing that, dad walks out and he's like, get out of here. I'm going to hit with you too, man. And doesn't say anything. He just starts, they start switching off and on and they're just unloading. And then he looks at him and is like, hey, you want to go get some dinner after this? We're not going home. Thanks, Mr. Green. Right? Like, there you go. Yeah. There's that moment with, there's that moment with the parent where you didn't criticize me. We're both enjoying the balls coming as we're hitting our, our, the, the negative energy away from us and we're occupying this space together and I can feel that we're both having fun and then we're going to go get some dinner together. That's pretty cool. And, and then, you know, dad, I noticed that, you know, when you were hitting your one handed, you're a, you know, you're, you're a little late on the, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. You know, I, yeah, I think I was in the same, right. Again, you're, you're, you're opening up dialogue and then it's a conversation and those conversations ready, create, create the neural connectors because now you can bring it Dude, up. Dude, they don't just do that. They also create a relationship, a depth of relationship that you will have with your child so that when they're gone and they're out of your house, You'll, be ha- you'll have some commonalities to share with them when you talk as opposed to, hey, um, are we going to get together for Thanksgiving? Uh, yeah, I don't know, Dad. I'm going to be with my girlfriend and we're going over to her house for Thanksgiving. Oh, well, but your mom's really looking forward to it. I mean, don't you want to, aren't you going to, you know, the, the bad tennis parent is probably like, uh, you, you, you've, you're supposed to come over for Thanksgiving. You've come over every Thanksgiving, you're, you know, whatever. The point is that you've created that space to have a conversation where it's like, it's not, are you going to come over for Thanksgiving? The conversation is more like, hey, did you see uh, did you see the Australian Open? Did you see what Nadal did? Yeah, I did. Boy, do you see how he, he's off his COG, but he's still able to crank that forehand, just looping under the back, that guy's backhand. He just crushed him. Hey, do you remember that time we were hitting that and you tried to do that and you fell over and right. broke your arm? <laughs> that was hilarious. That, that yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. You're building those moments. And yes. then, and then when it's like, Hey, um, are you coming over for Thanksgiving? It becomes a, well, you know, yeah, my girlfriend, the girlfriend wants me to come over there, but we're definitely coming over. You see the difference and it's huge, but I think people don't appreciate that. That's the different, that's the subtle difference that, that it is. And you know, I would say that for anybody that's out there, if you are thinking about becoming a parent coach, whether you really know tennis at an elite level or you don't, and you like some of the things that we're saying, please feel free to reach out to us because why well, not? We have to build. We have to, we have spread to build. The word, right? <clears throat> we have to spread the word, but we also have to build a community of people that are trying to make the game better for everybody. Everybody. You rocked my brain, dude. I'm going to say it. You rocked my body. <laughs> Teddy's rocking. Goodbye. <laughs>